the Queen of the Court podcast, your place for chats on all things growth, healing, and thriving through everyday parenting. I'm your host, Courtney Walker-Owens. I'm a homeschooling mom of seven, wellness advocate, self-proclaimed strengths genius, and an author. I'm here to inspire and empower you into a lifestyle of elevated living and passionate growth. Because while I may not be good at a lot of things, I am the queen of these things. Are you ready to dive in? Grab your coffee or mix up a smoothie and let's get started. This is the Queen of the Court podcast. episode of things that are hard but are always worth it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, What I meant to say is on this episode of the Queen of the Court podcast. Oh my goodness. Friends, today I want to talk to you about saying yes to God. So let me clarify. I am not talking to you about signing up for a perfect life. I am not promising you that everything will be exactly how you envisioned it 24-7. Nope. Saying yes does not mean things will go perfect. But (laughs) I get to offer one of those. But what I have learned in the last two and a half years is that it is always, always good and it always leads to the best things. So let's tap the brakes and actually back up and start with some scriptural basis, okay? So in Romans 8.28, we get this scripture that if you have been in church for most of your life, you are aware of it, right? Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. We know that it works together for the good of those who love him. That's not saying it will be good right away. It's not saying it won't be hard. And hard is not bad. It's just hard, right? But he works it together. The The end game is what we're here for, right? Psalm 37, 3 through 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. It's not saying everything you want you can have. That's not what it means. That he's just going to give you what you want. That wouldn't be a good father, right? No, what it's saying is commit your way to him. Commit to follow him. Commit to trust him. Take delight in him and awe in him, right? And then he will turn your desires to be his desires. That's my favorite part of this. When you start digging into the root words and things like that, he literally will give you the desires of your heart, but not the desires you had before. It's the desires that you begin to develop as you take delight in the Lord and commit your way to him and trust in him 
right? Like we got to do the other part and then the desires kind of turn into the desires that he has for us because we become more like him and we begin to desire the same things he does. And then lastly, Jeremiah 29, another classic, 11 through 13. I want to read more than just 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So he has good plans, right? There's also the other part. We have to seek him. We have to trust him. We have to call on him, come and pray to him. There's always another part. And I think a lot of times we get stuck on the promise, but we forget that we also have a part to play. We also have things we have to do. And we aren't promised perfection, but we're promised purpose. So about two and a half years ago, I was having some prayer time. I was reading my Bible and I was in the Old Testament and I was seeing all of these Bible heroes and how God used them. But from my perspective that day, I had this moment where I realized if they just obeyed God fully and done exactly what he told them to do, they could have avoided a lot of catastrophe. It was this repeat story that I was hearing in multiple (laughs) uh, stories in the Bible, in the Old Testament. So I've been sitting with this thought for several days. And then in a parenting moment, of course, I actually said out of my mouth to my child, I said, mommy has been through a lot more life than you have. And so I can see issues that might pop up ahead of you. You need to trust that God gave you parents to lead and guide you. He says children obey your parents in the Bible for a reason, because obedience can help you avoid things that the devil might throw in your path or lead you toward what God has for you. I said those words. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt that little feeling, right? That one in your in your stomach, you, and you like feel it in your heart and your stomach at the same time. You know the one. It's where the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I'm pretty sure you're also parenting yourself right now. <laughs> so I pondered what I'd said as I went throughout the day and I had a million distractions and the kids interrupted and I was doing a hundred things, right? So then when I was in the shower later that afternoon, as I had no distractions and no interruptions, finally, I heard God speak to me clearly. He reminded me that he had everything under control. He told me that he had me in the palm of his hand. He said he loved my faith, but he needed me to completely obey him in the next season I was entering. Even when it seemed like he wasn't there or it wasn't the right path, that he would lead me. But I needed to trust him and say yes. So right there, I committed. I said, God, I trust you. Out loud, I said this in the shower. (laughs) God, I trust you. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. And I remember clearly saying these words, you can have my yes. No exceptions, no hesitation. And then a couple days later, he gave me my first opportunity. (laughs) We walked into church on Sunday and headed toward where we usually sit, right? Because we all have our seats. We're people of habit. 
But I heard him say, I've got a different seat for you today. That was weird. But I said I would say yes. So we sat where he was leading us to sit. And then day after day, little thing after little thing, I would start the day saying, God, what do you have for me today? He put something on my heart and I would do it. Man, I was feeling good. He was helping me in my business. He was helping me in my parenting, my health, like all of it. I was getting a clear picture of like trust in the Lord and he's going to lead you down the right path, right? A few weeks later, in the middle of a worship service at church, both Michael and I had life-changing encounters with God. He had a vision, and I heard a near-audible voice. When we came home and I shared with him what I experienced, and then he shared with me what he saw, our encounters lined up. God was asking us to step up and into a role of leadership at our church. Let me explain to you the dynamic that was going on at this time. My parents are pastors. They started our church when I was seven years old. So I have been involved since the beginning. I've been leading worship there since I was about 15. Michael's been in the worship band since about that same time. We've been youth leaders. I was the nursery and preschool coordinator. We've given words in service. We've led prayer times. We were in some capacity of leadership there for years. But at some point in 2014 to 2016, I disconnected. Michael stayed as engaged as possible, but not in a leadership role. I mean, at that point, we had so many babies. And so I was just having babies and running businesses. And I stepped down from ministries. I skipped Sundays. We even looked for a different church for a while. But nothing felt right. I had major church hurt, and I didn't really love the churchy vibe around those 2016 elections, to be perfectly honest, but I was just spiritually scattered for several years. I re-examined my beliefs during that time of being scattered. That experience is for a different podcast, but we knew that our church was our home. That's what it came down to. We knew we weren't supposed to be anywhere else. We were supposed to be there. We knew we aligned with LifeGate, right? So we plugged in. We stayed connected. We didn't really jump in where we were before. We just kind of did our thing. We worked during the week. We went to church on Sunday. We took our kids. We occasionally served when they asked. And then we went back to our normal life Monday through Saturday. So when God asked us to step up, It was long overdue. I remember the words, it's time. As in, it's time. Can you please do this? (laughs) That night, we told my parents what God had laid on our hearts and about how we had encountered him that morning. They teared up, sat at our dining room table with us, confirmed everything that we had heard from the Lord. And then they stayed until 1 a.m., as we shared vision, prayer, perspective, and mapped out what this was all about to look like. It was the most unexpected four hours, but God accelerated things in that night. Within weeks, we were having staff meetings and God was breathing new life into our church. 
it activated vision that had been in my parents' hearts. It activated momentum within the fellowship. And it propelled Michael and I into the place that we were supposed to be in all along. Let's take a quick break and talk about health and wellness. There are a million holistic natural influencers out there who will try to sell you their quick fix product or their magic pill that heals all the things. What I've found to be true is that most of these products are a mask. They're just an easy button. They're a band-aid to your health concerns. Almost 12 years ago, I was introduced to a company called doTERRA. doTERRA is a health and wellness company, but more importantly, they are a research company. They saw a problem with mismarketing and dishonesty in the health and wellness industry. They saw that the industry as a whole had no quality standards. They had a poor reputation around the world for how they source their ingredients, and it was a growing problem that was impacting farmers, suppliers, and customers around the globe. So they sought to provide a solution, and what they came up with is a testing and a quality that is way beyond industry standards. Their products are clean. Their products are focused on getting to the root of the problem. Their company culture is exceptional. They're privately owned and have been slowly setting the standard for the past 15 years. We have been using their essential oils, supplements, cleaning products, and personal care products in our home for 11 years, and I cannot say enough good things. If you'd like to learn more, head to www.owensfamilywellness.org and under the education tab, you can find upcoming online classes as well as some archived classes. So go check it out and start learning for yourself. When I committed to say yes to God, no matter what, <laughs> he began to align my desires with his. He began to slowly adjust my path. And I grew spiritually at a rapid pace. Because when I would say yes, then I would need new skills and new tools that I maybe hadn't needed before. So when we came on staff, I upped my leadership skills. When I started preaching more, I upped my sermon prep skills. When people in our fellowship were experiencing spiritual warfare, I upped my spiritual warfare knowledge. Since this moment when I said yes, I have read my Bible more than I have in my entire life. I've read more books than I ever have before as an adult. I have researched, studied, and asked God for revelation often. You might even say constantly. It also led to a lifestyle of setting boundaries in my life so that I could say yes to God more often. I learned that a reason I hadn't said yes more often before is because I didn't feel like I could without upsetting too many other things around me. So God began to show me how to set boundaries in my relationships, with my time, in my business, because saying yes in one area would pour into five others. Since that initial commitment was made, 
so many other yeses have happened. God asked us to step into leadership. Yes. God asked me to start a homeschool (laughs) co-op. Yes. God asked me to lead Bible studies and courses. Yes. God asked us to start a youth group. Okay, yes. God asked me to step back from my business and just trust him for a season. Hesitatingly, yes. God asked us to run summer camps. Yes, it, it hasn't been easy. Those things were hard. They didn't come without difficulty. It was absolutely exhausting more often than it wasn't. But every step he has provided, every pivot he's led us through, every long day he's sustained us, every moment of warfare or pushback from the enemy, he's armed us and given us what we needed. I can look back and see how he has used everything for our good, how he has orchestrated every situation, how he has used our yes to bring us to our destiny. And now, truly, I can say to you that I will never regret saying yes to God. It has led me to all of the best things in my life. And that's what I want for every one of you listening today. I want this episode to encourage you. Say yes. If you don't hear God talking to you, take some time to listen. Carve a little space out in your day to talk to him and then listen. Don't talk. Listen. When you are practicing listening to God, I want to make sure you understand that we hear three voices. Number one is our own. That's going to be things we experience through our five senses or experience we've had. It's like the thoughts in our head, right? Oh, I need to forget to not buy more eggs when I go to the store later. That's a weird smell. I wonder what that is. That kind of thing. Our own little squirrel moments and checklists and things like that. The second voice is God. If it's God, it will sound like God. How do you know what God sounds like? Well, he tells us the kind of things that he would say in his word. So the more you know his word, the more you know what he sounds like. I took an inner healing course from Freedom Prayer Ministry last year, and they explained it like this, that the voice of the Lord is never condemning. It is patient. It is kind. It is hopeful. It is expectant. It always brings liberty, not bondage. It is peace. It is not demanding. They said you can expect God's words to you to be encouraging and loving. Even if there is conviction and correction, he does it in a way that is loving and offers help and encouragement. And I just thought that was so helpful, right? We have to remember that God is love. So all things that love are patient. Love is kind, right? That entire scripture, that tells us what God sounds like because that's who he is. So the more we know who he is, the more we know the type of things he would say. And so when we hear a voice say something, we can quickly point out, 
Does that sound like something God would say? If not, it could be our own thoughts or it could be that third voice and that would be the devil, our enemy. He talks, but it's never good. It sort of sometimes sounds good, but he just takes good things and then he twists them. He takes things that sound like what God might say and he spins it. He takes a little part and he changes it. It will not lead to the same results as the word of the Lord will. So I want to encourage you all to practice hearing from the Lord. He's a God who loves to be with us. He loves to commune with us. He literally made us for that purpose. It's relational. So start talking, practice listening. And then when he asks you to do something, please take it from my experience. Don't hesitate. Say yes. No exceptions, no pause. Just give him your yes. It will lead you to some of the best things of your life. That's all today. I'll see you next week for another episode of the Queen of the Court podcast.